everybody. Welcome back to the Chocolate Bar. Our lives, our strength, our time. I'm Bree. I'm Dee. And we are back. So, <laughs> y'all don't know, but this has been a bit of a um, unplanned hiatus for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have missed you tremendously and thank you for sticking with us. This is, you know, kind of our first foray into podcasting and we really are learning as we go along. So, I appreciate your patience um, if we've missed a week or two um, with an episode but we also want to make sure that we get it right as possible and sometimes they're just so full of foolishness that we can't even publish them so (laughs) or if we did you guys would hate us exactly so So we we have to keep it real but we also have to keep it cute so we are back with (laughs) our second attempt at this episode (laughs) I think what happens is that when we get it like when we get it technically right off the bat like you know the microphones work and the link works and everything we just get a little too excited and then the universe is like nah let me just chill y'all out real quick so this particular topic uh we discussed um previously and we were all like yes and this is going to be amazing we got everything right and we're like technical gurus how about your girl that would be brie as per usual uh left her cord (laughs) for her laptop (laughs) (laughs) and tried to be cute and record and knowing we talk forever tried to record this episode with no power and the joint cut off right smack dab in the middle (laughs) (sighs) and there was no warning it was just when you thought there were five minutes left it was like five seconds because you sent me the message that said about five minutes and we were getting ready to wrap up and And we're like and thank you for bloop i was like wait what it, it was unsalvageable so i i apologize profusely because usually the technical stuff is my fault and then of course life happens um after that we both got busy with work then i ended up burning my arm long story <laughs> which ended up getting infected which was fine got that taken care of that was literally the night we were going to record so that was fine and then the next day i woke up and got some kind of stomach bug and was sick for the rest of the week and wanted to die and i know d was like what is wrong with you (laughs) i'm just going to put you in a bubble i know and hope that that keeps you from damaging yourself or others I know she was like, look at your life, beloved. What is happening with you right now? So it's like, I'm supposed to be the little sister around here. Wait a right. minute. Yeah, it was a hot I am mess. supposed to be the mess. So I, I was supposed to be the mess. I was feeling horrible. I had some stressful stuff going on at work. It, it's just been a mess. I've just been trying to get my life together. So anyway, um, but all that being said, I'm feeling like myself again for the most part. And uh, besides that, uh, let's see. Oh, son went to camp, came back uh, like four feet taller with a deeper voice. Um, didn't even recognize him. Uh, so that was crazy. He had a good time, though. <laughs> and then this weekend, we are actually um, at a martial arts tournament in um, in Maryland, but fairly far from our house. So we just stayed the weekend and uh, we're just kind of hanging out and chilling in the hotel room right now. So always some excitement with me. How about you, Dee? Oh, goodness. I have been, and this is probably, I don't know. I went on vacation. I, I think that yes. happened before we, <laughs> we, yeah, that did happen before our last attempt at recording this. Yes. Maybe right before our last mm-hmm. attempt at recording this. So I went and hung out in my favorite place on earth, Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm. And 
got really tan and really relaxed and that was really good for me i think that is probably the more the most relaxation i've had in multiple years and i need to do that more often yes you do i do um i think i have made the promise to myself that whatever comes professionally for me i can't let that dictate any more lack of vacation periods any longer amen uh, for those of you who haven't heard the funny stories, I, 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 I pretty regularly attempt to take vacations and my <laughs> life just seems to foil that from happening. It's just like, no, you think you're going on vacation? No. So this time I just kind of up and mm-hmm. made a decision and ran for the border. Literally, I went to Arizona. So Good. Um, what else has been going on? I am continuing to evolve my training with my new coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, if John's listening, hi John. I know I've been hi driving John. you crazy this week. I've been driving him insane lately. Um, I keep waiting for him to just be like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> um, I've been an emotional wreck this week, so I'm sure he's just over it. <laughs> so um, there's that, and I don't know. I think vacation snapped my I don't know Zen back together for lack of better words, and I've mm-hmm. been trying to get back together with some old friends and touch base with people who have been missing an action from my life for some time mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who their lives have changed either they've gotten married had kids and so you know that changes your friendships when one person is single and one person is married with kids so I have been playing a lot of catch-up with some friends in the last week or so trying to make life I guess you know play catch-up and reconnect mm-hmm. with people since I don't have since I, you know, I don't want to lose all of my friends as I am still doing the single woman thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's all that's really been going on. I don't know. Is there something I'm forgetting? I feel like you know my life better than I do sometimes. Uh, no, I think that's all the good stuff. Hopefully we'll have some good news soon for the listeners with whatever's going on with you. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed. And, uh, yeah, that's. I think that's pretty much it. As far as me as training, um, I'm just like kind of doing whatever um and i'm totally fine with that um i actually ended up taking off that entire week that i was sick and honestly i feel like it was what the doctor ordered um because once i did go back to the gym that following monday that was literally the first time in mm, at least a good six to eight months that i trained with absolutely no pain no pain in my arm no pain in my hamstring thank you jesus thank you father god so i'm hoping that um you know the key is just really focusing on getting more rest and even if it's not a planned rest day or a planned deload if i need to take it i'm gonna take it so um just kind of cautiously optimistic and kind of getting back to just loving training to train again so um yeah that's about it oh i've been eating lots of pop tarts uh homemade pop tarts and um uh wine and all kinds of good stuff so you know it is what it is. Haven't really gotten on a scale, near a scale, or counted a macro in a few days, but um, that's not a bad thing. It's not. I'm just doing what feels good right now. So anyway, that is that. So <laughs> back to the episode that never was. <laughs> <laughs> that is about to be version 2.0. Um, this subject always comes up a lot with you know D and I, and really just you know friends that train fairly seriously in general, and that is the whole idea of um, uh, dealing with support, right? What does support look like? Um, you know, 
what does it look like to the people around you that love you what do you do when you're not necessarily getting the support that you hoped you would especially if you're just kind of starting out um, in whatever your sport du jour is and at what point do you decide ah, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do whether you support me or not so I thought it might be uh, good to kind of kick that around a little bit um, obviously it's gonna look different for everyone um, you know for D and for me just because we're kind of you know in different life spaces so um, I guess we could sort of start off with um, in terms of and even family like in terms of significant others you know like what is that what does that look like to you um, and and how have you managed it in those situations where maybe you didn't get the type of support that you would have hoped to have gotten <laughs> so I think I have a really interesting perspective on this I think it'll be fairly familiar to some of our listeners mm -hmm. um, not just from my personal story but just in general um, right I think most of the time since I've taken this seriously, it's been a study in extremes. Mm -hmm. So I've either had people who are super supportive or not supportive at all. Mm -hmm. Where, um, because I think I introduce myself these days, I've learned over the years that I have to put, as much as I don't like to because powerlifting is not my entire life, no lifting is my entire life. Right. When I was a bodybuilder type person, that was not my entire life. Right now, powerlifting is not my entire life. Should I decide to try CrossFit or Strongman or something, those wouldn't be my entire life either. But I've found that I almost have to lead with that foot now because it does become such a polarizing issue later on. And I think, as you were saying, with the fact that I'm in a place where I'm still dating, so I almost am forced to put out on the front end, this is who I am and I'm not changing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. 37 years old, you're not changing me. Because I think when I don't put it on the front end, what often happens is what has happened in the past where I go out on, on a date with someone um, or several dates with someone I mention that I work out or that I train for a sport but I kind of downplay it as a thing I do because I enjoy it as opposed to I train with X goal in mind I have a training schedule that takes up this many hours of my day um, I to some extent or another depending on what day of the week you catch me and keep a really tight diet type of thing mm -hmm. if I downplay those what has happened over the years I've realized is that the people I date downplay them right and it becomes when we're first getting together you know you have that space when you meet someone where you want to be with them all the time especially right. if you like them like you want to get to know them and you want to be up under them mm -hmm. and then you realize and I I've recently had to call myself on this like sleep is a thing Right. And eating well is a thing. And those things really do feed into your training. Mm -hmm. And even and even when I do my best to stay on top of those things, I think if you are willing to downplay them when you first meet someone, that is how seriously that person will take your training schedule for the rest of your relationship. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so often when I downplay and then I try to go back to my original, the way I live when I'm live when I'm by myself right that's where the support goes out the window it's like wait a minute <laughs> they perceive that as the equivalent of me changing my entire personality it's like being catfished like you know right. like like as i like to say it, it's like lightweight catfishing you know right you meet the oh i, I just work out a couple days a week mm -hmm. and i'm casual about my diet and i'm casual about my workout schedule as long as i can fit it in we're fine and then i've known you for three months and now i'm like look bruh 
Um, right. <laughs> I, what, what really goes on here is I get up at four o'clock in the morning every day of the week. I walk my dogs and then I go to the gym for two and a half hours. And right. I count every macro that goes in my face, except maybe on Saturday night. And that's how my life works. And I'm in bed by 10 o'clock. And I'm in bed by 10 o'clock. <laughs> right. And even if I'm not by the time 10 o'clock rolls around, I'm pretty delirious. So you don't yeah. want to be around me anyway. Right. So you, I, I, for me, it's been a really important lesson to learn that I've got to put that on the front end. I had a relationship I was in when I first got, when I'd first lost a big chunk of my weight. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship that that individual was not at all supportive of what I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a lot of women with muscles are gross. Nobody's going to love you if you look like that. I don't, I won't love you if you look like that. And for a really long time, I tried to kind of fight for the balance Mm-hmm. and just to, to make concessions or try to sell them on what I do. And the lesson I took from that is, number one, it's abusive as fuck. Like, let's right. be real here. It's abusive as fuck when someone is constantly telling you, um, I'm not going to want you if you want to do this sport or you want to look like this or you want to have muscles or you want to get to a place with your body fat where you're happy. Right. It's abusive as fuck if that person is telling you, I'm going to leave you if you do this. That's not just an unhealthy relationship. You've jumped the, you've jumped the shark into abusive shit. Like, yes, absolutely. I had, to co- I had to come to grips with the fact that that wasn't just unhealthy or not happy. That right. was abusive because they're basically trying to prevent you from developing as a person. Right. Now, if you were making unhealthy decisions or something that they were concerned about legitimately like for example if they thought you were developing an eating disorder or if you were making the choice to use certain performance enhancing substances okay those are a different set of decisions where yes your partner probably should sit down and kind of discourage right or at least you know voice their concerns and let but, me interject real quick because i know that there are people out there that have gone through this experience um that what you what you mentioned brought this point up for me be very, very cautious about concern trolls. Yes. Concern trolls are people who couched their disapproval and, um, you know, dislike of who you are and what you're doing under the guise of concern. concern. I'm, I'm really concerned because you seem to be going to the gym a lot. I'm really concerned because you seem to be, you know, very stringent with what you eat. They're not concerned. They're trying right. to control you. There is a difference. Just be mindful of that. You know, people yes. um, that are toxic and that are problematic in your life aren't always going to present with uh, horns and a pitchfork. Exactly. Right. That's not. That's that's not necessarily how they work. Because obviously, you could see that a mile coming <laughs> a mile away. You know, they're going to they're going to be sweet about it. They're going to be mm-hmm. kind about it. They're going to start gaslighting you and trying to make you think you're the crazy one. You know, because you are choosing to live your life in a way that makes you happy. So just be careful about. Yes. Um, you know, obviously you're going to have the people say, well, I don't understand what you do. I don't like what you do. But you're also going to find those people say, baby, I just I love you the way you are. And you you, yes. know, you don't need to go to the gym because blah, 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 blah. Because you're beautiful the way you are. Mm-mm. No, that is not how any of that works. Yes. So anyway, carry and, on. <laughs> and, and, and no, it's very true because the person that I'm dis- describing here was, well, God meant for you to be a bigger woman. Right. Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> that was kind of my answer to that. Um, right. And to stay with the control, the the whole idea of control and concern trolls, and and it, 
it reminds me of a conversation I had very recently with somebody where, and I don't know that there's a concrete way for each of us to do this for ourselves, but Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to take when people come to you out of concern, because what is making me think about this is I came to a friend of mine with concerns about some of the things that I'm seeing from her. Mm -hmm. And this is all fitness related. And I kind of had, and I don't know that, and I think she took some offense to it, but I think you have to sometimes be able to understand when someone is saying to you, I'm genuinely concerned about you versus, because your diet is none of my business, unless I think you're sick. Right. You're training, none of my business. But if I start to see outward signs of something that borders on the unhealthy, Mm -hmm. take the time, if you're feeling, there's a difference between someone coming to you and saying, you know, as your friend, I'm concerned about you because I see the following things Mm -hmm. versus what you just described as concern trolling when someone says, well, you've been spending a lot of time at the gym are you spending so much time at the gym that it's taking away from another part of your life? Probably not. Right. And I think one of the things that we have to learn to do in these positions where people aren't necessarily supportive of us in the way that we want them to be is evaluate if there is somewhere in there a grain of truth. Right. Because concern trolls, a lot of times there's no truth there. Mm-hmm. If you can look at what you're doing and say, there's nothing wrong here. And in a genuine way, no, even in the back of your mind, that little voice that we all like to ignore Mm -hmm. is not even present, then you're probably fine. Right. But if you, if someone is coming to you and saying, I'm not comfortable with what you're doing, and you know that there's a voice in the back of your head that's saying, okay, maybe I need to get, get some things under control in my life. That's when you start to maybe say, okay is this person being unsupportive or is there something really wrong here? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that line is really hard to navigate. Right. It is really hard to navigate. And I think that's why this issue gets weird for women because a lot of fairly often when it's women, who, I, I don't know that women very often do this to men. <laughs> I right. don't hear, I hear something different from my male friends when they talk about this. It's more, you're not at home. Right. And you're not spending time with me. You're not spending time with the kids. But from my female friends, it's almost a physical control that I hear um, that their husbands or boyfriends aren't happy that they're changing their bodies. I know that's what I went through. Mm -hmm. I don't like that I met you at 250 pounds and now you want to be 110 pounds smaller than that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was, I don't like that body type. I don't like muscles. I don't like that... um, you're going to be small and you're going to look like this and you're going to... underneath all that had nothing to do with what I was actually doing was that at 250 pounds you're uncomfortable I was uncomfortable in my body and they liked that when I was uncomfortable in my body I was controllable right I was gonna say that yeah and that is what is at the heart of a lot of this and if you I, I think when you're dealing with a boyfriend or a relationship evaluate that but don't try to fix it Right. I don't think I like unless you've been together for eight years or five years, something where you've invested a lot of time, maybe then yes. Mm -hmm. But if this is someone you've met in the last year and they're trying to keep you from reaching legitimate goals, fair goals, things that you just want to do for yourself that will make your life better. Evaluate that and then run the fuck away. (laughs) Yeah, you've pretty much been given a gift in terms of intuition and foreshadowing about what's to come. And here's the other thing, too. You know, if you've been with this person for you know like you said a month six years i mean six months three months whatever even if your goals are crazy as fuck you need to go tell that person to go on about their business because they have no place to be telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing anyway right. you know what i mean like i i don't even accept the fact that you know 
if I if I decide, okay, well, you know what? I just started working out today, but next week, you know, or in September, yeah, I'm gonna compete in the Olympia. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that yes. is crazy and ridiculous. <laughs> However, if you are someone who is just you know, it's, it, we're still feeling each other out and trying to see where we fit into our lives. You don't really have place to tell me what I can and cannot do and what, you know, dreams are, are lofty and not. Now, of course, as a friend and as someone who cares about me, you could say, well, you know, I've been doing some research on this and it seems like, you know, you might need a little more time. <laughs> there might be some other steps. <laughs> there might be some other steps. That's fine. But beyond that, in terms of telling me, no, you cannot. No, 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 no. So, yeah, I don't even, you know, uh, I, I mean, I completely agree with what you're saying, D. Like, I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, people will get into this. Well, you know, you know, we're, we're he, this person cares about me. And but how do you know? You, I mean, not how do you know, but you've been kicking it for six months. Like, right. What? <laughs> and then I think there's a thing and this is I uh, this is pretty black woman or women of color, but especially black women specific. Mm hmm we're already constantly fed that we're undesirable that we're not wanted that we're never getting married that right. we aren't worthy of love we're mm -hmm. constantly being fed that i know i hear it all the time and to some extent and brie knows this i don't expect that i will ever be a married woman ever i have given up on that like if it happens yay but i can't do what my white friends do where i wake up on tuesday and i'm like damn it i'm gonna find a husband mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not how it works right. <laughs> so for a lot of us, I think we get to an age, especially the age about where I am right now, on the other side of 35, knocking on 40, looking down the barrel at 45, mm -hmm. and we get a little panicky. Right. Those of us who want to get married get a little panicky because the pickings are already slim out here. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe they aren't mm -hmm. everywhere, but I know here in Atlanta, pickings are slim. Right. What, are they, and, what was that What was that video you sent me? That woman yes. was like, there is a two-year waiting list. Yes, exactly. There is a two-year waiting list. And then even then, you still might not have somebody. So, <laughs> so do not move we, here. Right, do not move here unless you are bringing a supply. We don't need you. We don't need you. I don't care if you like women. I don't care if you like men. The, the pickings are too slim. Unless you are bringing something to contribute to the population here that is also single, please go. We don't right. need you. We're good. Right and so like that atlanta, was hilarious that was mm -hmm. the best video ever um but it's so true of atlanta and it's the, the pickings are slim and i think we get into this trap of we're willing to kind of take away little pieces of ourselves right because we know perfectly well that there is some girl out there who your date whether it's a woman or a man or whatever will adjust again and again and again until they keep that mate Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. so we start to play that game because we get panicky and we don't want to be alone forever. And we want the ring and we want the wedding and we and the next thing you know, you're like, Oh, I don't necessarily need to do powerlifting. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't mm -hmm. need to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I've watched some of my friends do this where well he says he likes girls thick and curvy, so you know, I'm just gonna work out a little bit less and then a year later they've gained eighty pounds and they're mm -hmm. miserable. But they and, have that man. Or he gone. <laughs> or he's or it's the other side and he's gone or he's with her married and cheating with somebody who looks like what she looked like when they exactly. met exactly so you I, as much as i would love to say that it's sunshine and freaking roses when you're dating and doing this stuff it's not all the time mm -hmm. and all you can do is find someone who respects what you're trying to do they don't have to do it too my preference is that they do it too mm -hmm. like for me personally my preference is that they do it too or that they have something that takes up just as much time and it is mm -hmm. as intense as what i do because right. that way they're not jealous because let's be real some of that is you're hanging out especially in powerlifting i think and bodybuilding you're hanging out with a bunch of muscular men 
mm-hmm. <laughs> these sports are still heavily male there's still mm-hmm. a huge male presence i know that a lot of the issue is you're in this gym with men and right. you're surrounded by men who are bigger and more muscular mm-hmm. than i am or stronger than i am so yeah I, for me it is important that the person i date does what i do to some extent or that they are the most secure person on earth mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. of the two one of the two and that's hard to come by so i don't know what kind of filter you create my filter is that i have powerlifting stuff all over my dating profile um Mm -hmm. i have a bumble account right now and one of the pictures is me deadlifting with the ugliest face known to man one of them is the picture that we just posted on our ig the other day of me with the yoke mm-hmm. and one of i them love is that some- so hard <laughs> and one of them is something else related to lifting but they're not necessarily like dainty girl pictures right. so it's like you know what you're getting yourself into up front yep <laughs> and, that, and that's it mm-hmm. and i mentioned that in, in my profile i mentioned that we have this podcast and i mentioned that eliminates a lot of people right off the bat because that they don't want someone with all that going on self-select baby and if you can find a way whatever it is for you to to push away before they get there mm-hmm. <laughs> the ones who don't want to deal with that do that mm-hmm. from a dating perspective do that Mm-hmm. I, you can't do that once you're already married to him right and Bree's right. going to address the married people issue because shit i can't give y'all married people advice i've never been married Ooh, boy. <laughs> but for those of us who are out here trying to find our way to dating and relationships if you can put as much of that at least this is my take on it put that out there on the front end rip the band-aid off just just tell them put it in your profile make some of your pictures it you know so that way if they don't want a girl who has muscles they don't have to start meeting a girl who has muscles. Right. If they don't want someone who's in the gym three hours a day, they don't have to have them because they know. Right. <laughs> they already know who you are. That exactly. is my advice. That is my take on it. That is what, as a result of several failed relationships and dating situations because of my lifting and my interest in having muscles, that is what I do now. I just mm-hmm. put it on the front end. And if you don't like it, goodbye. Right. Or we never meet. And there is no goodbye because we never met. Right. That's that's, that's my take on it. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now I'm going to turn y'all over to Brie because this marriage thing is well beyond my sphere of existence. Not just <laughs> expertise, but existence. <laughs> oh, boy. So, um, yeah, my experience was a little bit different in that by the time that I had. Um, so when I met my husband, um, I was still in law school and, you know, I was definitely a little bit more on the cardio bunny side I was more of a runner but I was starting I've always lifted a little bit you know or 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 whatever so I was kind of there and it was really interesting because when we first started dating um and you know I yeah I I go to the gym you know those all that getting to know you type stuff and I remember uh one of the first times that um he had stayed over at my house and we um I'd gotten up the next morning as per usuals probably about 5 a.m you know bumping around in the dark and he's kind of like what are you doing i said i'm putting my stuff on to go for a run and he was like oh he was like so you you really do run i was like (laughs) yeah fool i mean that's what i said so i think he was genuinely surprised because you know a lot of times like people put on fronts when they date you know or they say oh because he told me he was a runner now unbeknownst to me at the time (laughs) he got two bad knees and asthma so he ain't running nowhere and the first time we tried to run together you know we got about 10 minutes in he was kind of like yeah i'm gonna just stand right here real quick i'll wait for you on the other side (laughs) 
which which I give him mad props for because a lot of dudes would have ego would have gotten away and they didn't fell out dead wheezing and all this other stuff but he was like oh no 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 I'm not I'm not about to kill myself so um you know he kind of knew going in that I was you know going to the gym and stuff like that so anyway long story short we you know dated 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 obviously got married um and then as I started after I had our son, I started to get a lot more serious about um, training. That was when I did my first competition, bodybuilding, etc. And we definitely had a, you know, a bit of a rough patch. And I think, um, I don't know that it was so much him not wanting me to change myself. Because I, like, my outward appearance didn't change a whole, whole lot. Like, I wasn't really ever like super overweight or underweight or anything I was just kind of in the middle and then I just started kind of fine-tuning things but I think it was just the unknownness of it all because it was just a world that he never had really been exposed to and so I probably didn't do the best job communicating a lot of things because I didn't really know a whole lot about competing either um I had a trainer at that time and one day he said you know you should should compete and I said okay you know without really saying what does that mean let me look it up let me do some research and I'll get back to you so you know of course I bounced in the house like I'm going to compete and he's like wait what (laughs) so you know and and despite what people say you know about bodybuilding um competitive bodybuilding being a solo endeavor it's really not in the extent that if you have um you know a a spouse significant other kids they actually are competing with you like they're going through that process right along with you so it's really important to um make sure that you are actually cluing them into the process and letting them know what's going on um, and I think that's one thing that I would definitely have done differently and have definitely done it earlier on um, if I had it to do over again so um, after I competed for the first time we definitely had to sit down and have some communication about you know you know things that were of concern to him things that were of concern to me and how we could kind of you know meet in the middle so to speak and you know as far as I'm concerned the things that I changed the next time I decided to compete was you know kind of coming to him and saying hey my husband is extremely um, black and white he is a data driven person so I literally had to put together a PowerPoint presentation like this is (laughs) this is what I'm planning to do here's the projected budget here's the timeline here's you know the coach that i'm planning to work with blah 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 and he was like cool i'm all in let's do it you know and of course now that's not everyone but that was just i had to figure out how my husband's brain worked and and explain it to him in such a way that he got it and he did and i mean you know he's an amazingly supportive person anyway so i didn't necessarily think that i would meet a lot of resistance but it just made it a lot more easy because i kind of explained it to him in his language he didn't get everything um and you know there were still some things i kind of got a little side eye about and you know the great thing about it though is that um d had mentioned earlier you know where she would prefer if the person that she was um involved with were doing you know sort of the same thing she's doing or sort of doing you know something similar for me um it's almost the reverse for me like I mean not that I have a choice at this point because my husband <laughs> is not about that bodybuilding life but I think even if I were 
single, I would prefer to be with someone who doesn't do exactly what I do. And the reason I say that is because I think one of the things that I really appreciate and that one of the things that allowed me to sort of be able to do this for as long as I did do it was that there was that balance. And I had someone objective on the outside to say, hey, you know, you're you're kind of moving in this direction and maybe you want to think about coming back towards the center so you know I, that was really helpful for me you know to have that person to say okay but what about work what about our son you know just to kind of keep me sort of um really focused on balance and i find a lot of times with my friends that are competitive bodybuilding couples you know they're both so zoned in and focused that they don't necessarily have each other to provide that check and balance if that makes sense and if it works for them that's fine you know but for me I just find that it's better for me to have that objective eye looking at me and the other part of that too though is that even though he's not a bodybuilder my husband um, has competed in judged practiced martial arts since he was about nine so he gets the process you know he used to um, uh, compete um, in martial arts tournaments. He doesn't do it anymore. He's more of a judge now, but it's really the same process. Months and months and months of practice, 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 repetition, you know, staying late to practice after, you know, going to class, eating a certain way. So he understands all that goes into that. And I think him having that has made him more sympathetic and empathetic to what it is that I, um, that the process entails for me. Um, so I think that we provide a really great balance for each other like that. Um, it's funny when you mentioned kind of the aspect of, you know, for a lot of partners, you know, that person or their loved one being around, you know, whatever it is, you know, extremely muscular men or, um, you know, scantily clad women and, you know, kind of freaks them out a little bit. You know, I'll say this, I, I think that might have been a little bit of, of, you know, kind of what he was thinking. And then after I took him to his first show, he was like, so basically, it's a bunch of dudes in panties looking at each other in the mirror. And I was like, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I was like, bruh, ain't nobody thinking about me, you know? And so I think he got a good chuckle out of that. And after that, he was completely fine with it. And, you know, like I said, he he knows, you know, what I like and what I love. And, and that's him. So it's all good. But, uh, but yeah, we uh, back to kind of, you know, that part about it not being all sunshine and roses. It definitely was not. I mean, we had to kind of get to that space. And even, you know, even now or even sort of with this last, um, you know, prep that I was in, you know, I, I, he kind of had to pull my coattail a little bit and say, hey, Brie, you know, what's going on with this? Or remember, we got this to do or, you know, you got you got to get rest, you know, so. I imagine that, uh, you know, going into whatever I fall into next, whether that's powerlifting or more CrossFit, it'll still be more of the same. And he'll be like, oh, Lord, what's the next adventure? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so luckily, like, I, and I guess the other thing, too, is that I've always trained in some capacity, so that wasn't necessarily new for him, and I didn't have to kind of, you know, throw my overcoat open one day like surprise you know <laughs> he he was he was there from the beginning um and I mean obviously that's not always an option I mean if you you know are not someone who's into be, you know sort of 
getting fit or healthy or strong or whatever and you then later get into it it's not that it's your fault but I completely agree with you D I'm more of a you know rip the band-aid off from jump you know I'm gonna put it all out there from the very beginning this is my schedule this is this because I almost feel like if you show them like the worst parts first when you do have those spaces where you are able to back off that, it's like a pleasant surprise because they've already seen the, the baddest of the bad, right? Exactly. Um, so they're not, they're not, you know, when it's like, oh, even, you know, now my husband's like, but wait a minute, you're supposed to be at the gym. And I'm like, no, um, you know, this programming I'm doing right now, I'm just four days a week. And he's like, oh, my gosh, like it's like Christmas, you know, because I'm usually in the gym six days a week. So, um, you know, I think that's important. And I think the other thing, too, that I would do differently um, is that when I was kind of talking to him about the process and sort of what it would look like, I spent a little too much time trying to convince him that it wasn't going to be bad, right? So <laughs> even, even though I didn't really know myself what was going to happen. So prime example, you know, one of the things like we always would have this argument because I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm just training, you know, four days a week well to us to you to me to other folks that are kind of in this training is actually lifting weights right that has nothing to do with cardio cardio is to me is not training it's cardio so when I would say I'm going to be training four days a week I didn't mention the five days a week cardio and so he would be like but you said and I'm like yeah that's lifting that's not cardio and to him he's like but it's all going to the gym you know and so I was like okay (laughs) so you know when I was explaining to him you know and I'm not gonna have to do that much cardio well I didn't know that you know because I hadn't really started working with with my coach yet so when it started getting more and more and more he's giving me the side I like I thought you said and I think it goes back to the point where you said you know because things are a certain way they expect them to always be that way and the thing with training for a competition really of any sort is that there are going to be ebbs and flows there are going to be times when the the intensity has to increase right and so I think leaving that part open or saying I'm not really sure what this part of the picture is going to look like but worst case scenario it'll probably be this and Mm -hmm. I think had I come to him and said that at jump um it it would have been a little less confusing for him and you know I would have been less defensive about it and it just would have made things a lot smoother so I think as long as you are frank and candid um and you know again just try to listen to you know that person's concerns or whatever and keep those lines of communication open I think that you'll you know you'll, you'll fare better um and and of course, that's all to that's all assuming that this is someone that you sort of have that established kind of rapport slash relationship with. If I just met you last week, I don't give a damn what my <laughs> schedule looks like and what you think about it. You're going to get this right. schedule and you're going to like it. You're going to like it. Deal with it. You're going to deal with it. You know, so I think you have to throw that caveat in there, too. You know, at the end of the day, what works for you and what's best for you is the priority, you know, Um and you know even for me at the end of the day i'm gonna do what makes me happy you know and unless you can give me a legitimate reason why i should not you know whatever power lift olympic weightlift, crossfit if you cannot give me a legitimate like your doctor said you were going to fall out and die if you do this 
then I'm going to say I love you, I appreciate your concern, but this is something that makes me happy and this is what I'm going to do because I'm grown. And, and to stay in that space, I think one thing we didn't really, we, we talked about it a bit with the dating, but I think it's mo almost more important with a marriage. And I know it's not your experience, so I don't know that either one of us can thoroughly speak to this, mm -hmm. but for those women who choosing to embark on these strength sports because i've noticed this happening more and more where you're coming from being really really overweight like where i was where i'm 5'1 and mm -hmm. i was 250 pounds mm -hmm. i look nothing like what i used to right and i'm sure if i were married that would be almost traumatizing and i would expect it to be mm -hmm. for a husband to deal with yes it happens gradually over time but i know i'm i there are people that i went to college with who saw me every day who if they see me now don't recognize me there were right there's a drastic difference everything about me looks different than what i did and my personality is different because i feel better about what i look like and how right. my body feels and i think there are conversations that you have to have almost very intentionally over time and i don't know exactly what they look like because mm -hmm. i was single through most of my weight loss after i lost the person who was trying to keep me from doing that thoroughly right um but i think there are conversations you have to have because if you're married to someone who expects you to be 250 pounds for the rest of your life or 300 pounds or 400 or whatever it is that you weigh mm -hmm. um and it's, it's the same for people who are not necessarily overweight but i think it's extreme when you're dealing with a weight loss situation um there are conversations you have to have about the, your motivations why because mm -hmm. it is that much harder and i notice it a lot when i'm in facebook groups it is that much harder to stay on track when you're trying to not only learn a new sport but lose body fat that you really are uncomfortable with like i know right. for me going from 250 pounds to 140 something or 130 something whatever the hell i weigh at any given day i live in a space where i'm continuously um I, it, it's part of my life my identity like they're like me being overweight for some people is who i was right and they much prefer fat adina i had a guy that i i never dated we never slept together we were barely even friends he felt the need to tell me that he liked me better fat i gave him the finger and moved on with my life but i can't imagine what that would be like if you were married and the yeah. conversations you have to have to kind of get around that so i think yeah sometimes you do have to say and you were just saying what made me think of this is you were saying i need you to give me a reason like your doctor says you're going to drop dead if you shouldn't do this it's right. the exact opposite for weight that's what i had to explain to my partner at the time was like look i'm sick Right. At 250 pounds, it's not just like a, oh, I'm casually losing 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. No, I'm trying not to die out here. I'm trying right. not to have diabetes and have to get a limb cut off. I'm trying right. not to have a heart attack walking up and down the stairs. I'm yeah. trying to make sure that I have knees for the rest of my life. Um, I'm trying to make sure I'm able to walk for the rest of my life. Um, and I think sometimes that's the conversation that needs to be had is that medically if that's why you're losing weight i'm not saying that's what i'm not saying everybody who's overweight is unhealthy I'm, mm -hmm. that's not my judgment to make your doctor does what your doctor does your doctor says what your right. doctor says um but if that is where you're coming from where you've embraced your strength sport whatever the case may be um from a place of i my doctor has told me or i ch personally have chosen that i can't be this weight i'm not healthy or happy or what have you because to me if you're not happy at that weight you're also not healthy right um because those two go together 
sometimes you need to have that conversation the medical conversation the yeah. i am not in a good mental health headspace conversation right. because it becomes it's not a question of dedication anymore it's not a question of a simple oh i'll go to the gym five days a week instead of four or three days instead of two it's a much bigger overall permanent change like i had to change everything about my life and i had a medical reason i was overweight right for people who don't you're changing whatever got you to be overweight to undo that you have to change everything yeah i watched my parents do it you have to literally change everything and for your partner that might not be a comfortable thing well and here's the thing um interesting i read this uh article not too long ago and it was about it was about marriage and you know just sort of you know what makes a good marriage and you know whatever and i think you know one of the things that really struck me was the writer said something to the effect of i've been married four different or this is my fourth marriage with the same person and basically the point that she was driving at was that this whole concept that you get married or you know in a long-term relationship and you're with this person and that person remains the same person for the duration of the time that you're together is complete and total bullshit that is not how people work and i think because a lot of people get into a serious relationship with that expectation then when that doesn't happen and one of the people either you know changes in whatever direction whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally or you know other ways it becomes very problematic for them because they're like but but you were this way five years ago why aren't you this way now right you know and I think that is a huge huge issue and I think it spills over so much into what we're talking about today because you know people get uncomfortable people are uncomfortable with change and I think the moment that you start expecting your partner to remain the same way forever, you're going to run into problems because we don't. We, sh- we should change as we grow. We should change as we get older and have more life experience and have more, you know, um, challenges and successes and failures. Those all combine together to make us into who we are and who we are is going to change and evolve till we die. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that is a huge thing for a lot of people that you know either start training seriously in string sports or like you said decide they need to drop some weight and whether that's for a medical reason or because you know what i'm simply wanting to create a different version of the body that i've had all this time right um and i I guess for me just based upon you know kind of my childhood experiences I am extremely, extremely sensitive to agency over my body. I do not like anyone telling me what to do with my body, whether that is physical or sexual or any other way. I get very, very um, protective about my ability to recreate myself or change how I look. And I think that that's something that has been challenging for my husband to understand about me. Um, and you know, it, like I said, it's a lot better, <laughs> but I think we ran into, you know, issues a lot, um, you know, earlier in our marriage because 
I think a lot of people are, a lot of guys are kind of of the mindset of, well, you should consult me before you get a tattoo or you should consult me before you change your hair. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think he was trying to control me per se. I think it's just a matter of how men and women are socialized. And I do really feel like, um, women are perceived as property in a lot of ways, um, you know, still in this society. And I think, you know, we're socialized like that when we're little girls mm -hmm. and men are definitely socialized like, like that as young men. You know, how many times have you had the experience of being out with a guy and, you know, so maybe someone you were dating and someone else is trying to kick it to you, doesn't realize you're with your significant other. And when they realize you are, they apologize to him. The fuck you right, apologize to you. him for? <laughs> right. Like what? You know, so... Um, I digress, but I say all of that to say that, you know, that's one of the things that I've tried to really, um, communicate to him that it is really important for me to make the decisions that I want to make about my body. Not that I don't love you and not that I don't take into consideration, you know, your opinions, but at the end of the day, if I'm going to come home and with short locks and purple hair, that's going to be my business. You know, so he just kind of braces himself now. And I do try to, <laughs> you know, and I also try to meet him halfway. And, you know, before I do do something major, say, hey, I don't ask for permission, but I say, hey, here's a tattoo I'm thinking about getting, you know, what do you, th what are your thoughts? You know, and he might be like all for it or he might be like, hell no. And I'm like, cool, I'll let you know when I get it, you know, <laughs> but at least I, at least I gave him a heads up and, you know, we were able to dialogue about it. And the same thing for him, you know, I, I certainly have, you know, there's this whole, you know, beard versus no beard thing. And I have my preference over what, you know, I, I love in terms of his facial hair and he has his, and so his wins. I mean, I like what I like, but it's his body. You know, so um, I think that goes a lot into it, too, with, you know, dealing with with people and, and seeing if they can be supportive of you. And like, and like I said, I see that more in terms of a uh, sort of male female dynamic, um, you know, in terms of a lot of men viewing their wives as their property. And so they have this sort of um, inherent ability to determine what their body looks like. But I'm here to tell you that's not the case. <laughs> And oh. it's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple, period, point blank, full stop. And I want more women to recognize that too, you know? So. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You know me. I'm, I'm, I, I, I do what I want. Yep. <laughs> now, I can say that now because I'm single and there's nobody to negotiate, but right. I still don't know that I would be willing to really negotiate anyway. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be courteous. Right. There's no negotiation when it comes to my own person. No, nah, we're not, we not doing that. I mean, if you willing, if, if we're in a relationship, like a real relationship, not right. a, I knew you for, I've known you for three months relationship and you want to leave me over like my hair. Well, well, and that's the other thing not, too. Then we're not that deep then. And that right. to me tells me, okay, then our relationship isn't all that serious. If you're like, oh, you cut your hair, I'm out. Right. Oh, okay. Exactly. Thanks, boo. <laughs> Listen. So yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just like anything else, you know, you have to, you know, recognize that you're going to change as a person you know your your significant other is going to change as a person and y'all just got to be willing to kind of roll with that and, and embrace those changes you know usually it's it's for the better now obviously there will be situations where change may not be for the better and then yeah that's where you need to step in and and truly be concerned you know whether that's you know something's going on with them with their mental health or you know physically or you know maybe they're you know 
using substances, whatever, yeah, you absolutely should step in and say, hey, I love you and let's talk about this. But beyond that, nah. So um, that being said, what do you, since we're on the subject of family, and this is certainly a different dynamic, um, and I think there's always going to be different different challenges and issues associated with someone that either raised you or grew up with you um, and, and knew you and know you a certain way and helping them to navigate, you know, your decision to, you know, whatever that might be, get stronger, get hella, you know, ripped, get hella muscular, whatever. How do you, how do you manage those relationships? Um, and, you know, what were some challenges for you with that? And, you know, whether that's your parents or your, you know, your grandmother or what have you, like, what, what, what say you, D? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm, whether you want to call it fortunate or what have you, I live 837 miles away mm-hmm. from the closest family member. So <laughs> I do what that, I want. That eliminates a lot. <laughs> I do what I want. Um, but I do know that when I first I've gone through two weight loss cycles, so this might put some perspective on it. I think I had the weight gain that you have in college. I think I graduated mm-hmm. from college probably around 170, which mm-hmm. for me is not massively overweight in terms of appearance, right. um, but I was overweight for what I prefer to look like. Mm-hmm. and my family had gotten used to me being about that size, and I think they were comfortable with me being that size, and when I lost the weight that time, it became a big fucking deal and Mm -hmm. it was always a topic of conversation and it was i mean to the extent that i was starting to get questions i'd gotten down to about 125 pounds which for me is pretty itty bitty um and i was getting do you have cancer do you have Mm -hmm. aids do you have and i had to nip that in the bud every time i went home someone was asking me if i had cancer or aids and it was ridiculous um in those situations as long as it was extended family they basically got told one good time that i have every right to look the way i want to look right and I am happier, healthier, and I feel better about the way I look at that size at that time, at least. Um, right now, if I was 125 pounds, I'd be missing half of my body. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but like a leg or something. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point, it was a reasonable size. I was not unreasonably tiny. Um, mm-hmm. And I just was like, look, you don't live in my body. You don't live with me. You don't live anywhere near me. You're not my mother. You're not my dad. You're not my grandmother. Right. Hush. And that was kind of my bottom line with them. And I wasn't necessarily nice about it with my extended family. Mm-hmm. Um, with my mother and my grandmother and my dad, uh, they were, this was before my parents died. So mm-hmm. my mom was actually very happy. She said, you know, if you're happy, I'm happy. Do what you want to do. She knew I wasn't particularly happy with my weight. Um, mm-hmm. My grandmother didn't love it. She's a big fan of women having curves, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And we've still to this day negotiate that constantly. Uh, But I think when my mom was okay with it, my grandmother became okay with it. I think the bigger issue was what I was and was not eating to look that way. (laughs) Now, there was a very fine line between when I was using eating disordered behaviors to get to that weight, which at that point, that was one of those things like I was talking about before, where I had to get a little honest with myself and Mm -hmm. say yeah this little 1000 to 1100 calorie thing you're doing not so okay right you know 800 calories sometimes 700 calories not okay Mm -hmm. um and acknowledge that i was a little bit extreme and not okay like my brain was just not doing the right things i wasn't doing the making the right choices for my body considering how i was working out and things like that Mm -hmm. um but once i kind of worked through all of that i don't know that they ever had a problem with 
my body size after right. a, a certain point where we did have a big issue and we continue to have a big issue my parents have passed away and my dad always was like Adina does what she wants right. That's, that was the bottom line my, right. my my daughter does what she wants I'm not gonna stop her I support her I feel like I would have loved him yeah like my dad was a rock star <laughs> <laughs> kind of literally but anyway I was like in more ways than one <laughs> but we'll leave that for another time <laughs> kind of literally but that's a whole other story um <laughs> My mom was always very liberal. Um, mm-hmm. She preferred that I look feminine. That was her mm-hmm. thing. When mm-hmm. she kind of, and I don't know that she would love what I present as now all the time. I don't know. I think she would like dressed up for a date me. Right. I don't think she'd like gym me. Right. <laughs> right. Um, my grandmother, though, as as everyone I think knows, my parents have passed away. My they passed when my mom passed when I was twenty four. My dad passed when I was twenty five. Um, mm-hmm. So my primary family member is my grandmother, mm-hmm. and with her being damn near ninety, to her, I am choosing to be mannish. Mm-hmm. Women are not supposed to have big muscles. She thinks it's cool that I go to the gym. I will say that. She does think it's cool that I work out. She's not a fan of the muscles themselves. Mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The bigger the bigger shoulders, um, the bigger Which is arms. So, and let me just add how crazy it is. Like, even the, the language that people use when they say things like that. I'm like, you do realize that if you are a human being, you have muscles. Yes, they're there. All you wouldn't be standing. You wouldn't be able to do anything if you didn't have them. Now, maybe you should say that, you know, you don't prefer defined muscles or, you know, but we all have muscles. What are you talking about? But anyway, I digress. You can't get rid of them, but it's biologically. Right. If you if you losing muscle and you, from a normal, regular, non-bodybuilder perspective, you're sick. There's something wrong. There's You'll medica- die. There's actual medication and hospitalization yeah. that happens when you lose muscle. Muscle wasting, like, muscle wasting is an illness or a, yeah, or a symptom I'm like, of illness. People always talk about, like having muscle versus having muscle as if that's actually an actual choice there's no alternative to having muscle it's death like what i mean what do you you know what i'm saying it's like well i prefer you like this so basically you prefer me dead (laughs) okay great thanks okay thanks thanks for sharing (laughs) but um yeah i think with my grandmother we had to reach a place where i said her you know i love these sports i love lifting weights it's therapeutic for me it's what has kept me from to a certain extent for me dealing with anxiety depression things of those nature of that nature lifting weights is what keeps me kind of okay and not always Mm -hmm. needing to be on medication and not always if i can't go to my therapist at least i know i can get out some degree of that with lifting and i kind of said to her i said you know and grandma we have a family history of diabetes we have a family history of bad knees Mm -hmm. we have a family history of women in walkers and wheelchairs by the time they're 50 and 60 years old we have a family history of knee surgeries heart heart attacks strokes cancer Mm -hmm. this is allowing me to beat all that i have beat every single i should be completely obese immobile Mm -hmm. if i followed Mm -hmm. my quote-unquote genetics right I'm well on my I've got one foot in the grave at 37 years old like, mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. family legitimately if you look at what happens to the women our bodies fall apart by the time right. we're they start falling apart by the time we are 45 years old mm-hmm. I'm beating all of that and right. I had to put it to her like that I said I know you may not love what it looks like I know you may not love the idea of it I know you think that is why I am an unmarried hussy living in the south <laughs> um, uh, not only a hussy an unmarried heathen hussy who yes. lives in the south hussy life (laughs) 
but and, and I mean she does attribute the fact that I've got as she says man shoulders mm-hmm. um I wish they were man. I like. I'd love for them to be bigger. But anyway, I will take your shoulders any day of the week. But anyway, <laughs> and I'm always trying to get them to get even bigger. It's ridiculous. But she, I know that those are that's a struggle for her, mm-hmm. um, because she thinks that my lack of being delicate is what keeps me single. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I kind of pointed out to her that I don't have any of the issues that the other women in my family have had when I've had to have surgeries to have tumors removed I bounce back I may not ever be 100% the same you can't get your entire inner body rearranged and be 100% the same you can't cut out an entire organ and remember to be the same forever right but the fact that I haven't had to stop my entire existence I haven't had to stop my life Mm -hmm. is worth its weight in gold to me as far as I'm concerned if I never get married because I'm abroad a, a with big shoulders, oh well. Right. I'm not dead. Exactly. I'm not there, dead. There are worse things to be. <laughs> I'm not dead. I'm beating all the odds that my family has set forth. My, yep. And I had to say to her, I said, you know, my doctor is continues to be amazed mm-hmm. at between the pituitary disorder I have and the hypothyroid and the hyper. Well, I'm I'm medically hypothyroid because I don't have a thyroid anymore. Right. I'm not her normal patient. She said, you know, the fact that you very rarely, you have maybe one or two times every couple of years where everything goes to shit, which mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that I've never seen you show up in my office at 250 pounds after having lost 110. Right. That's not normal for my patients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she totally attributes it to lifting weights. And she tries to get her patients to lift weights now because of me. Right. So if I can say that this is what is quote-unquote fixing my life so to speak mm-hmm. it's worth its weight in gold to me and that's how i've continued to negotiate that with my family members is that i am trying to live i am trying to not be in a wheelchair or homebound permanently right. by 50 if yeah. i if i can avoid how much, that hey how so how much do you think and maybe not so much your grandmother but like let's say some of your extended family how much do you think them not being okay with who you are or what it is that you do has to do with them being uncomfortable with themselves i think it's a couple of things i think there are two things that happen i think they're uncomfortable with knowing that it's possible not to look like that or to live Mm -hmm. like that i think that's what Mm -hmm. makes them uncomfortable i think there's always been this thing in my family we just come big we just are big we just right. big women. Well, first of all, I'm the smallest woman in the family by a long shot. Oh, them, yeah, uh, sure. All my aunts are six foot like one. Don't ask mm-hmm. what's wrong with me. I don't know <laughs> why I'm only five foot one when my grandmother and her sisters are all very tall women. And a lot of them are broader shoulder women, but right. they're not. We don't come from. Te- no, we don't come from teeny tiny stock. No, right. We don't. <laughs> but there's this belief that we're supposed to be obese. Right. And that I think the fact that I've managed not to be that right especially with all of the challenges that you face and i think like you're saying you know a lot of times that that narrative that we tell ourselves as as black women in general not just in your Mm -hmm. family of you know well we're bigger bone we're supposed to have curves we're supposed to have this we're supposed to have that it's a very sort of comfortable space to exist in so then they turn and they see someone 
who, you know, like you said, well, you know, we have this issue, we have that issue, we have that issue, and you're coming like, okay, I I see you all those issues and raise you these five issues. These, and these I'm, other five things. I'm still getting it done. And then I think for a lot of people that really, it's almost like it snatches the rug from underneath them because they're like, whoa, you know, it's like that Mr. Crab man. They're just like, whoa, you know, um, well, what's my excuse now? Right. You know, and I think people tend to take it as some sort of a front when you decide to to move yourself into a different space as if you improving yourself and learning to love yourself and do all of these things is some sort of a front or some sort of commentary on their lives. Exactly. And, it's, and it's funny because the excuse that has been the most recent one is that oh you must take after your father my father was a, was obese too and if, and both at least one of my nephews is on instagram and we talk back and forth if you follow my instagram you see mm -hmm. him once in a while and if you look at it my my nephew is jacked that yes. is a big boy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, he might not be a really he's not ridiculously tall but no we clearly are not small people right we are not small people his daddy is like nine thousand feet tall and my mm -hmm. sister is not a tiny woman so no it's not my dad's skinny genetics right right <laughs> there are no skinny genetics in our family no right. one is petite we're mm -hmm. short a lot of us are short mm -hmm. but we're all built i like to call it short and stocky we're all kind of right. built like we're all kind of built like fire hydrants little like, spark we're little built, spark plugs <laughs> yeah we're built for strength not speed necessarily right right oh <laughs> well short short amounts of speed yes like we've got right short bursts we can't yes. we're not gonna run we're not gonna run 18 miles with you at a six no. minute mile that's just no. not gonna happen mm -mm. but if you steal my purse i'm gonna chase you and knock you over that's hello that's hello or my pizza right because if you take my pizza i might just kill you that's <laughs> that's hello funny. that's exactly funny. that's exactly important. but yeah we i think you're right i think there is a certain level of discomfort that seeing a black woman kind of quote unquote beat the odds so to speak mm -hmm. makes people uncomfortable especially in their own families because now well shit you've rustled all of the jimmies and now everybody right. is you know oh well uh uh uh, uh. right no, I, all i did was some very simple things math mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was eating this many calories. Now I eat this many. Right. I was going zero days to the gym. Now I go five. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I made basic choices. And I think, yeah, yeah. My nephew and I both have gone well beyond at this point, well beyond basic choices. I mean, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's jacked. I'm trying to power lift. It's, it's a strong family, but, right. <laughs> but when I don't, I know for me initially, it was just about, I don't want to weigh 250 pounds anymore. Right. And yeah. if I can look like one of those muscle ladies, even better. But initially, it was just, I don't want to be fat anymore. Right. Yeah. I hear you. So I hear you. So I think there is. Now I want to hear about your family. Because I feel like your family has a more... I know I know your mom, you and your mom have had some. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. I... So I can't say that I have a lack of support for my family. But that's only because I don't really share with them what I do. Um... And, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I think part of it, like you said, um, at the beginning when we started talking about this, you know, I live clear across the country. So just on a day-to-day -day life basis, they don't really know, you know, what I do. Um, I think as far as um, my parents, um, when I first started getting into 
you know, lifting pretty seriously after I got married. Um, you know, I would talk to my dad and he was, you know, he was proud. He didn't always quite understand what I was doing, but you know, I, I, you know, taught group fitness classes and I taught Tybo and, you know, different things. And I would kind of chat with him about that and he, Oh, that's really, that's really cool, baby girl. Um, so you know, he was fine with it. And same thing with my mom, you know, her concern was always more mom concern. Like, oh, well, you know, are you, sh you're working out all by yourself early in the morning and is that safe? And, you know, she's like the perpetual worry ward. So I was just like, you know, it's fine. Um, and then when I started competing was my father had passed away by that point so I really didn't have an opportunity to share that with him although I suspect he'd have been pretty proud of me um and my mom so you know it was kind of a, a, a one point for me where I I think made a conscious unconscious decision not to really talk to her about um fitness stuff and I think the reason for that was um shortly after my father died I um, got pregnant and you know was expecting a baby and you know I told my parent my mom and you know really excited because I kind of felt like you know my dad passed away you know the family's still reeling from that and this is this really exciting thing that we'll be able to celebrate you know shortly thereafter um, and then unfortunately I ended up having a miscarriage so I called her to tell her you know what was going on and you know there's always this you know thing as a as a as a woman and a daughter you know you expect that you know immediately you're going to get this sort of whatever type of support slash sympathy from your your parents but especially your mom when something like that happens and it was even tougher for me because again you know she was so far away and i was still dealing with my dad's passing and then i lost you know i was just it was just a mess so i called her and was like yeah you know here's what happened and you know for whatever I mean she you know she said she was sorry but that you know that that it happened but for whatever reason she then says well you know maybe if you hadn't have been working out so much and working out so hard and that just like that just did me in and I'm sure she didn't mean to be malicious you know but um that just really tore through me for a lot of reasons um, and I just, after that, and, and, and I'm the kind of person where it only takes one time for you to show me something about you and then I'm done after that. And so from that moment forward, I just never talked to her about working out at all. Um, and so I never shared with her when I was competing, never shared with her when I was, you know, heavily into CrossFit. Um, I'm just very general. And, and again, not because I feel like she was would be super unsupportive but that just you know I just felt some kind of way about that and I guess I just never really got over that. I forgave her but I just never got over it if that makes sense and so you know it was just this thing where I was like well okay I see how you are about that so that's where we're going and uh yeah we're gonna move on so I you know it makes me sad because that's such a huge part of my life and I just don't really share that with her um, but you know, I think for me right now, just in terms of self-preservation, it's just, it, it's just the space that I need to exist in. Right. And like you mentioned before, you know, at this point, you know, and I think I said something, you know, at the time, like, Hey mom, that kind of really upset me when you said that. And it was, Oh no, I didn't mean it like that, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, but there's no point in me going over that now. My mom's going to be like 89 years old <laughs> next year. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like, or 80, maybe she's going to be 80. I don't know. But the point is, she's, she is who she is, you know, and I'm okay with that. Um, and so I just don't really talk to her that much about it. Um, you know, my brother is super supportive of me. Um, you know, I have some other extended family like on Facebook and, you know, they're, they're cool with it. My nieces are cool with it. I mean, even if they weren't, I wouldn't care. But um, so I haven't really had those types of, you know, scenarios. So I, I will say I've had the experience, though, with um, a couple of relatives and more so friends that what we were just talking about where, you know, you sort of setting out to achieve something and achieving it makes them feel some kind of way about themselves. So they do this whole kind of you know, subtle shade or I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm concerned, quote unquote, or what have you, but it's really about them more than it is about me. So I've learned to kind of take that in stride. I mean, I will definitely tell you if you come at me disrespectful, like I'm not one of those people where, oh, but you know, so-and-so is however many years old. No, no, you're still <laughs> not going to come. You're still not going to come out your mouth at me. I mean, I'll be gracious about it, but I will tell you to mind your goddamn business in a minute. But um, I've, I've seen it more from, you know, that perspective. But then I've heard stories from friends who, you know, have had a different scenario with their parents where their parents are legitimately discouraging them from doing right. whatever it is. And it, it could be for, you know, reasons like you talked about D about, you're never going to find a man. Your uterus is going to fall out or <laughs> why do they think our uterus are going to fall out? I don't. What is that? I don't know where that came from. What I have no is that? idea. I'm like, listen, if pushing a whole ass human being out of it, ain't going to make it fall out. A damn deadlift sure isn't going to make it fall out. Right. Like, what are you I, even saying? I, well, like, how did we get to lifting weights? And I mean, people start telling you that when you're still lifting like little, you know, 15 Ex pound dumbbells. Exactly. Who exactly. the hell? I really would. If anybody out there listening knows yes. where that came from, please tell us. Yes. Hit us up, listeners. Or if you've had a, a parent who's told you that, please let us know where that came from, because I still do not understand it. Um, but yeah, so I've, you know, had friends tell me that or just parents, you know, for whatever reason, like we talked about, they're so used to their their daughter, you know, or granddaughter or sister being this person. This is the role that this person, you know, filled fulfilled the entire time they were growing up and now as an adult they're somebody different and they can't handle it and whether that be because now they have more self-confidence and they're not going to let you get away with being abusive to them or talking to them any old kind of way um you know it's it's troubling for them and to that i say you just got to deal with you know not you as in the person who's you know having the issue but the family members you just got to deal or be out like i'm not going to sit here and entertain your foolishness you know you're either going to support me or you're not and if yep. you don't it's sad like you know yeah it'd be great to be able to share that with you know my mom for example but i'm going to do what i'm going to do you know and you just focus on the people that are around you that do love you and support you i think and stop feeling like you have to explain yourself or justify your decisions to anyone else you don't if they're not paying your bills if they're not you know you're not living under their roof or anything like that you don't owe anybody an explanation do and, what you want to do and quite frankly it's you're not harming anyone nope you're not harming anyone and i have gone so far with my grandmother and this whole you're gonna die of uterus falling out on the ground thing or whatever mm -hmm. 
to actually like force her to read medical things right (laughs) so that she understands but you're not harming anyone so at the end of the day no you don't have to explain yourself but if you feel like that's going to help find a legitimate explanation for why you're not hurting yourself or anyone else and move the fuck on (laughs) right because some people are never going to hear anything or or they don't want to hear anything they don't want to know any better and you can't change everyone's minds no you just can't or take you know for somebody who you know again i not everyone is going to be as cavalier as i am because you know me i'll be like fuck you in a second but you know if it is somebody that you know whether it's a significant other whether it's your bestie whether it's your you know closest cousin from you know growing up or your college roommate and you really want them to get what you do and why you do it take them to an event i think that's one of the best and easiest ways for them to truly understand and maybe not necessarily they may not necessarily come out of the situation loving it but they may you know one of the things my husband said to me you know not necessarily with bodybuilding but like with crossfit and taking him to you know powerlifting meets or whatever he was kind of like I really get why you love this. This is so dope. He was like, all these strong ass women in here. He was like, this is amazing, you know? And I think it just gave him a whole different level of respect and perspective for what that was. And, you know, now he's the one said, yeah, well, when you do your first uh, powerlifting meet, and I'm like, whoa, slow your roll, daddy. You know, so he's like full on. He's just so chopping at the- forward. <laughs> I am flying to wherever that is just to watch him act up. I I mean, I love you (laughs) and I'm totally going to cheer you on too, but I want to, because I've heard the foolishness when you're on, when you're bodybuilding, I always hear it in the videos. I have to be there in person to see the foolishness and fuckery that will come forth. Oh, but wait, homie, you won't have to wait long because he already told me. He was like, wait, wait, wait. He was like, D doing a meet? When, when we going i was like oh boy so <laughs> huh you you about to experience it first hand he talking about getting shirts he oh, want to get Christ. signs girl he is going to act a fool he was like i mean this isn't gonna be this foolishness you know where the judge is gonna be tripping and i'm gonna have to was, no no please don't <laughs> oh, just sit down <laughs> it's a little more objective than bodybuilding so we'll be fine it's like so i i I have can you pick it up can you not did you yes yeah yeah yes i mean when i when i took him to um to the uh like state powerlifting competition for our special olympics team that i coach with hi guys i'm getting started next week with the season i'm so excited anyway he i mean he acted a natural ass fool at that meet he was so excited for them so yeah, he he's gonna be all about Team D. He's already told me. So <laughs> just giving you a heads oh, up. And funny. since you will likely get to the to the platform before I will, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you won't have long to wait. But anyway, I say all of that to say that if you do have the opportunity to, you know, take your person to whatever it is that you're trying to get into, that probably will help a lot. Or, you know, have them look at your training plan with you, you know, talk to them and and I, I, I also add the caveat, though, that I think it's also important to have a a non a person that you can talk to that stuff about that isn't maybe your significant other yes. or because they will get sick of you. And I mean, everybody does it when you first get into it. You're going to be obnoxious as fuck because it's all you're going to talk about because you're going to be so excited and you're going to want to learn everything and you're going to become this like 
fountain of useless trivia about powerlifters or Olympic weightlifters or CrossFitters. We all have done it, you know, bodybuilding. And so you want to kind of temper that a little bit so you're not always dumping on them or, you know, spewing off to them and not necessarily asking them about what's happening in their lives or what's going on with them. So it's great to have your supportive, you know, person in your family or your, you know, romantic relationship, but also have a supportive non sort of a person person yes yes friends yes friends uh, a tribe or something yes we need to talk have, about that yeah have an episode on that how to find a tribe because a lot of Ooh. us are like me where you're yes. most of your tribe i mean i'm growing a tribe in person now that i've switched gyms but a lot yes. of us who don't necessarily have one need to learn how to build an internet tribe because that's what yes. i've had for years <laughs> yes 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 absolutely so but anyway um that was i think that's pretty much my thing i guess at the end of the day the moral to the story is you know try to involve your persons in what it is that you do so they develop a sense of why you love it so much and why you getting into this is good for you because at the end of the day they should want what's going to be best for you um but also recognize that if they're not willing to sort of fall into that space then you have to do you anyway and if they're yes. going to be if they're going to be so against it that they're just going to you know either issue an ultimatum or just like try to prevent you from doing it then you got some issues that fall a lot deeper than whether or not this person wants to come to your meet and you need to you need to really explore that with them or without them so amen and one thing i will say about this whole dating thing we can't date <laughs> and i'm just getting to this point as an old lady now who i'm starting to understand this like you can't adjust yourself every time you go on a date nope you cannot remake and we all do it like women are saying i don't do that yes you do yes you do we yep. all do it to somewhere between we stop doing it somewhere between 30 and 40 most of the time i mm -hmm. know i know some older women who do it too but i think somewhere between 30 and 40 we stop doing it but yeah for a long time in your 20s and into your 30s you try to twist and turn yourself yeah to kind of be i know for me it, a long time it, for a really long time it was i want to be what a wife is supposed to be right it had a lot to do with the first person that i ever really seriously cared about and what his picture of a wife was mm -hmm. and so for a long time i tried to be that and then i would meet someone and try to be what their version of a wife was and i always right. i was always trying to prove that i'm wife material first of all if you don't like me you don't fucking like me it's, i'm not it's not going to make me wife material just because right. i know how to cook and i i know how to hire a housekeeper because i don't believe in cleaning <laughs> right right <laughs> well i do believe in cleaning i just don't like doing it let's be honest mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but i used to spend so much time trying to prove i knew how to be a wife that I was, you know, turning cartwheels, trying to do my hair a certain way, or, oh, yeah, I work out, but uh, not that much. Or, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when it comes to this training thing, especially when you're talking about things like bodybuilding and powerlifting, there's no real way to soften those, y'all. Right. They are what they are. I mean, you're, you've chosen sports that involve you going to a gym and lifting heavy things and getting a little dirty and mm -hmm. being athletic. And that doesn't take away from your being a woman. And if we're all running around looking for quote-unquote spouses who want us to be quote-unquote women you're gonna drive yourself crazy you already are yep. a woman you participating in powerlifting bodybuilding strong woman whatever the case may be that doesn't take away from that right and if you meet someone who doesn't appreciate that and doesn't understand that 
it's probably not who you need to be with. You don't need to make yourself over or downplay nope. yourself. And I know we all do it because again, like I said earlier, especially for black women, we're all here competing for the same like 14 dates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we are all out here comp- competing for the same 14 dates. We mm-hmm. all are, mm-hmm. especially the older we get. <laughs> but don't twist and turn yourself. No, because here's the thing. First of all, if you are who you are and then you decide you make the choice that you want to make a commitment to someone and make it, you know, a, a, a spousal commitment, husband, wife, 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 husband, whatever, then guess what? Your wifey material. There, that's the stupidest yep. thing I've ever heard. There is no such thing. You know, I do a ton of things that, you know, I guess one would expect a wife to do, but I do just as many, if not more, that wives are not supposed to do. <laughs> and guess what? I'm still married been married 17 years you know what I mean like there's no such thing as that so that I really I really cringe when I see those you know whatever this crap is on social media about if she don't do this she not wifey material if she does this then she wifey material then shut the fuck up how about you are you husband material that's the more important question but nobody ever wants to address that you know what I mean it's always like we have to be the ones preparing ourselves to get chosen when in reality we're the ones that should be doing the choosing if it comes down to that you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like go ahead and be who you are because like you said before they're either going to be down with you or they're not and you may do all these things and shift yourself in all these ways and guess what he breaks up with you and marries somebody else two days later who looks who's exactly the opposite of you right and i I have i have seen it happen you know (laughs) so at the end of the day i'm like do whatever you need to do to make yourself happy because that's that's who you that's all you got at the end of the day is you (laughs) you know what i'm saying so people love you or not and my last little thing about this whole dating thing because i get this one all the time you are who you are as an athlete and if that Mm -hmm. is what you're choosing to make come first like for me my training is a big freaking deal i care enough about that that i have changed my lifestyle to train don't let anyone tell you that you're boring or shitty or whatever because you do that i there's this huge thing that goes around i hear it all the time from women and i actually posted something about it yesterday that oh you guys are just so fucking boring because you don't ever want to do anything i actually went clean off on somebody very recently about this do you understand how many i was like you know what let me get a fucking calculator and tell you how many pounds i lifted today now Mm -hmm. when you go out there and go lift my car 45 times today come back inside and tell me how tired you aren't exactly and why i need to go to the club tonight exactly (laughs) so it's i just think sometimes for those of us who are still in this dating stage people don't understand what this is and it goes back to what you were just saying about getting them to see what you do right and i i think more of us need to be open to doing that like hey this is a powerlifting leader hey this is what my life in the gym is like because i think as long as you exist and i don't remember where i was when we were talking about this but somebody said no matter what you say about training for something mm-hmm. someone is always going to just picture you in the gym with a 15 pound dumbbell doing bicep curls and maybe running on a treadmill because that's right. what people think of when they think of women working out right so yeah be open about it and i think that is all i've got to say on that just be real about who you are be real about what you do and don't change for anybody because shit you won't be happy anyway <laughs> 
hello <laughs> and with 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 that i will drop the mic thank you guys so much for tuning in again i promise we will not stay away this long anymore i'm going on amazon right after this and get myself some stuff so <laughs> my, my podcasting equipment will not be so janky we just and we're gonna talk we're gonna get we're gonna get it together we're getting there it, we we will and as usual hit us up on soundcloud check us out on instagram check us out on our blog check us out on itunes leave us a rating let us know if you love it um let us know what you want to hear us talk about and uh we'll be back soon see you guys at the bar i'm brie i'm (laughs) d later bye (laughs) bye